What's up, guys? This is the Comic Vine podcast for the week of August 10th, 2012. I'm Sarah. I'm here with the editor in chief of ComicVine.com, Tony Guerrero. Hello. And Corey Schroeder is what here is with up? us today. Now, Y'all. Tony, uh, Tony, am I, am I correct? Uh, we've yep. had some yes. requests for Corey's photograph. Oh, my. I was going to make you dress up as a girl well, that and would... take some MySpace pictures. You know what I'm talking <laughs> some about? Some duck lip pictures, some, some duck face, MySpace, yeah, yeah, yeah. like where you hold the phone right. in the mirror. Like yeah. Like can, you d- can you do that for me in the bathroom? I, I think I could. All right. We'll we'll plan on that. And Tony, mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. lots of comics. So Not hard. a lot, actually. Some. Well, we didn't get a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff that came out, but yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start with Batman. Batman. The number, Batman. Number 12. Mm. So this... Um, great issue. So this was uh, this was a bit of a departure for Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Nobody was horribly mutilated. I was... a departure. I, and I'll admit, I, I, you've said when I reviewed it, I was like, this this could be a, a kind of a risky move for, for Scott because it's there's hardly any Batman and it's it's all about Harper. So it's all about this girl. And, you know, we have art by Becky Cloonan, who is great. I think, you know, everyone mm-hmm. can, can agree on that. But, like, when the preview went up, there was a bunch of people like, like oh, this looks like manga. Like, what's going on? <laughs> it's not Greg Capullo. It's, it's so, I mean, that that bothered me a little bit. It's it's like, it, it's it's something different. I felt it it captured the, the story perfectly. Sure. I mean, it was just right. And, I mean, it's, I, I think someone commented, it's less like, oh, she can't draw Batman. But it's like, she's drawing Conan. That, that Conan series right now, and it's like you know he's a pretty tough character, I would say. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's the story it does explain why Batman doesn't wear a shirt at any point throughout this entire issue. Yeah. So <laughs> what we have is a story of Harper finally, well, not her whole story, but we get to see her. So this is the girl that first popped up in issue number one, and no one really paid attention to that. It was at the the gala scene when Bruce is giving a speech. Mm-hmm. So we see. Some nameless, glammed-up girl. I did, but only because it was. I thought it was someone else. And then there was a Commissioner Gordon was there. We had Lincoln March, who be, you know becomes a. He was running for mayor, so he's there. So he was a character. Leslie Tompkins was there. It's like, so who's this girl? And so back in September, so we asked Scott right away, and he's like, he's like, oh, she's gonna be an important character, <laughs> and that that's all he said. He didn't say anything else. Issue seven comes out. Batman's on the verge of dying, and then we see some punk girl save him, jumpstart him, and he's like, I told you to leave me alone, or something like that. <laughs> so it's like, who's this? And there's no, you had no idea who, who this was, that they're even the same person. And then when Scott talked to us about issue 10, then he, that's where he revealed that Harper, who was, that her name was revealed in issue 7, was the same girl from issue 1. So it's like, what? It's like, this doesn't look the same girl. She doesn't have shaved head and colored and... <laughs> And so we get to find out why, and as Scott mentioned, this, this issue kind of jumps back. So we see a couple different uh, moments during the Court of Owl, Night of Owl storyline. Mm-hmm. We see how it all fits together. We find out she – so she's a high school kid, yeah. and she's, she's living with her younger brother. Yeah. I, I, 
how much younger is is her brother? Are they twins? I maybe? thought they were twins. That's I wasn't sure. So maybe she's just like you know seconds or a minute. Yeah, because they they look but, about the same. But it's it's almost as though she's the mature one. Yeah, because okay. he's she's she's more responsible, mm-hmm. and you know she's working. She's working. She's standing up for him. Yeah, she's she so she works the public works, whatever. She's down in the sewers, uh, electrical stuff, and you know she has technical skills. You know she she fixes things, and like you know she fixed her rewired her landlady's something mm-hmm. yeah. and so her her brother is gay and he gets picked on he kids in the neighborhood they beat the crap out of him they, they yeah. cut him just I like that uh this is actually something that i mean i don't like that this is something that actually happens but i like that scott is referencing uh stuff that actually happens to yeah some kids. it happens yeah. i mean that that was the other thing when when, when i read that i was like okay how are people going to take that because like Judd Winnick did that one story like years ago in Green Lantern, where um, Kyle's intern, I think it was, or his assistant, when he was um, drawing or doing architecture, not architecture, but Kyle had, I think the kid's name was Alex, I don't remember, but he he was gay and he got beat up too. So you know we got to focus on it. But it's like you don't really see a lot of that. Yeah. We have more and more gay and you know LGBT all that you know, and we see, we're seeing more characters, but you don't really see the hate. Which, in some ways, is kind of nice because you don't want to see that. But on the other hand, it's like it's it is something that can't just be brushed under the yeah, carpet. Sadly, and that stuff still happens. So we got to see some of that here, and it was it was, it was nicely handled, and and so yeah, there's, I think Scott also showed that you know he doesn't just do these big crazy action stories like we've been seeing in you know the Court of Owls. He can do stuff. heartfelt too. Yeah, he also does creepy ass stories you know we've seen lots of that especially if, if you read um severed which was just bizarre to, the image comic um and like american vampire you know that gets some, you know some creepy stuff dark stuff so he's he's a very versatile so I'm, I'm glad he did this and you know after the first 11 issues that it was almost like nonstop action and you know there are some cases like how the heck is batman surviving this you know he's <laughs> he's locked up in this, this labyrinth for over a week and and then you know he gets out he he literally dies and gets you know jump started or his heart stopped or whatever and then you know he has a, you know maybe a couple hours of rest and then you know then the talons attack the bat cave and so it was just like nonstop and so it's it's nice that we got this little segue this little interlude you know between I guess next month we're going to have issue zero, which mm-hmm. go back to the, the early days. And then that'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, let's see what's, what Scott's going to do with that. Cause that was the thing was like Gates of Gotham that, that um, Scott did with Kyle Higgins. You know, we got to see a lot of the history. So obviously I'm sure Scott's got stuff planned. And then mm-hmm. after that, October is the Joker. The, um, the family. Just it. in time for Halloween. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's going to be crazy. So, um, I, I, I'm I'm glad that I wasn't the only one that loved this. this oh issue. Yeah? man, this is one of my favorite uh, stories so far. I'll admit that the start was a little bit slow. I think, mm-hmm. but after after a little bit, you know, you really get like when you get into it, it's such a great story. And I think I think what's cool is that Scott puts some thought into what's going on. You know how how does how does Batman work? Because mm-hmm. he's not a superhero. So what does he have to do in order to remain unseen and, and undetected by his enemies? And I think that seeing that addressed here was neat. Yeah. Um, and also, I just want to mention um, Burgess Samuel, Samuel Burgess. He asked, uh, I'm not going into questions right now, but he did ask, what was that thing that Batman shot in the sewer? So 
Um, this was the the one problem I had w- with the issues where the art changes. It's it's a backup story, but it feels like it's the same story. It just continues. The backup, the last few pages was co-written by um, James Tinian the fourth and Scott, and then the artist Andy Clark. Totally different art style. I mean, they're they're both great, but it's just it, that was the one issue I had is it, the story just like jumps. Mm-hmm. It's like jarring where it's like whoa, it's like what's going on. Anyways, there's a scene where he's on a boat and he shoots this thing. This <laughs> bizarre. So someone's Dang. like, like, what is that? Because you see it kind of gets bigger, and you see a whoomp. So what it was is, is it, it pushed Harper out of the way. So it was, it was just like a bumper, because you can see it inflate, yeah. and then just bumps her out. Kind of like an airbag. Yeah. So it's a good thing he had Actually, that. literally, it, I feel like it is an airbag. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly what it is. It's a whoomp bag. Batman usually shoots it at car crashes when whomp, he recognizes whomp. that there's not an airbag. Like, that's how prepared he is. <laughs> <laughs> So, great issue, and we'll we'll talk more about that because I, I know there's other questions that people have. Um, we also had Spider Man, which I didn't get. To you, oh my gosh, Sarah, this is gonna make you cry. Yeah, what you, really? Yeah, you'd really love this issue. I'm kind of sad that you haven't. Can't read it, read it now. <laughs> I'm not gonna read it now. I'm so, not gonna read it now. <laughs> so, um, continuing this, what issue four? Um, yes, Spider Man six one six. Our Spider Man has made it to the ultimate universe. He's there. He's running to a lot of people and he, he went to see aunt may. He's like, I had to go. He's like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. So like yeah. the end of the last issue. And then, so she's there and Gwen Stacy's there. So you're going to see all of that. Miles. Like, is so WCF, what are you doing here? Back <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and cause that's They're the thing. Not, not only is he back from the dead, but he's, he's an adult. Cause you know, he was like 15, yeah. 16 when, when he died and the, the ultimate Spider-Man died. So that's the thing I, I like about it is, Ultimate Sp- Spider-Man, his death, it, like it meant something. You know, it wasn't just our comic book death. It seems and, to continue to mean something. Yeah, and I, I, I really hope that they, they stick to it. That they don't just you know magically bring him back at some point because you know Miles Morales. I, I think everyone's been loving. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we're we're all digging the series and the character. So it'd be great to, you know, just be bold and and yeah, Spider-Man's like their biggest character, and you know, kill off the ultimate version is is. But they killed Wolverine too, yeah, and you know, lots lots of other characters in Ultimate Universe. So we still have plenty of six one six Spider-Man books. So why not let Ultimate Sp- Spider-Man be dead in the Ultimate Universe? My only issue is that they do seem to come back with no explanation. Sometimes, yeah, like um, Colossus, for yeah, instance, is and, now back, and, and also apparently straight. So that's <laughs> and Mister Sinister. Well, he's because he he got his didn't he get his I don't know if he got his neck. Snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. Sinister's back. <laughs> and he, he throws, throws Professor and, X down the stairs. Yeah, wearing weird earmuffs. I guess he's yeah. keeping his ears warm. That was a weird, weird issue. I know we're jumping out Ultimate yeah. Ultimates or no Ultimate X Men. It was yeah. like a couple issues ago where it's just he's back. It's just like a, a one shot. Yeah. With Mister Sinister, it's like what? But that that was a, bit, a big reveal. Yeah. A cool reveal. That, that feels edge. like they're going to explain because they did go through so much to keep it a secret, and then they reveal it at the end. But yeah, the the Colossus thing is like, there he is. He's in this basement. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I won't go into specifics of Ultimate, or I mean, of Spider-Man, since some people haven't read it yet. So, But it's, it's a good issue. Um, let's see. Then we also had New Avengers 29. Actually, I really like this issue. I think this is one of the best issues of New Avengers in a while. This, um, I liked it, too. I mean, so basically, uh, it deals with Captain America and Namor. He, he wants... To try to reason with Namor. So this is before this is now here's a problem. This takes place before what happened like 
two issues, two ago, issues yeah. ago yeah. Of, of Avengers versus X-Men. That's <laughs> the, the big problem with all these tie-ins is they can't keep up. Yeah. And it, I don't understand why. So, yeah, Avengers versus X-Men comes out every two weeks, but there's they got to have this all mapped out Planned or post-it <laughs> notes or something. You know, they got they should. I wish there was more coordination. Or, I, I wish the book, like, was more explicit about that because when it says now – it's like you'd think, oh, well, that's taking place. Now. It should be like two but, days ago. Yeah. Did it really it pull be. you guys out that much, though? Not, not. No, it, it's I just, got over it's, it. it's a, it's a, an ongoing thing. Like with all of the, the, the secret Avengers that were out in space, and it's like they're, they're fighting, trying to fight the Phoenix Force, but it's like it's already, it already reached the moon or whatever. And so it's, it's all these stories. Just, so it, does it feel like it's like a moot? It kind of, in, in some ways, I mean, it's a great thing? story. Yeah, because you already know what's going to happen. But, but right. the, so, so the, the gist of the story, without giving anything away, is um, Steve, Captain America, and you kind of gather it from the cover. He calls Illuminati because he, he became. You want to say something? Yeah, I want to say something. Okay. Steve Rogers was not a member. No, of the he Illuminati. wasn't. Nope. No. So, but then it's kind of explained because I, I read it again. Yeah. So, in in the recent Avengers storyline, when the Hood started gathering the the Infinity Gems. That's when um, all the Avengers found out about the Illuminati, and, and yeah. Captain America got pissed. And they're like, you know, you got the secret, blah blah stuff, blah blah. blah. We're not supposed to have. Why secrets. does he always get to be the boss? Because he's Captain America. He's, he's a captain. Oh, he was he's like, he was, I wasn't even part of this club, but now I'm the leader. No, yeah, I mean, he was he was like the he <laughs> took over joking. over Shield and everything. You know, he was he was like the the super cop. I'm just, I'm no, you're not. Joking. No, you're not. Anyways, so <laughs> comic books so, are serious business. He, he's he's so he's he's not part of the Illuminati, but, although. I'm trying to think if does he have an infinity gem? I'm trying to think if he got one. It doesn't matter because if, like, if he, the Illuminati's dissolved the thing, anyway. Yeah, but but they they still have the infinity gems at yeah. the end of that. And so by that, that's keeping them still together. So, anyways, he gathers them. Namor was was part of Illuminati, so he's trying to say, let's. I'm going to call this this group, this team, this club together, even though I wasn't part of it, mm-hmm. so we can try to talk this out. And solve this problem. Let's if, be if, friends. Because you know Why him and, and Namor were brothers in the Why war. You know, there's a little flashback, and he's like, "If maybe if we can go on that, talk to Namor, have him talk to Cyclops, Reason stop this him. this fight." Yeah. And they're like, "He's not going to come." So that's the whole thing. He's like, "You don't know if he's going to come." But then the big picture is whether he comes or not. Kind of doesn't matter because we see his downfall already in Avengers versus X Men mm-hmm. a couple issues ago. Sure. So I'm not spoiling that, but I mean it was, it was and Bendis the way he he writes Tony Stark. Normally I don't I don't like the 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 whole I'm gonna buy you a pony thing from like Avengers number one when he's talking <laughs> to Novar, but he was he was cracking them left and right here, and it was pretty good. And then Sarah said you didn't like um, Reed Richards' talk so much. Felt he should have explained more, been more technical, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I kind of agree. I I think because I mean he always explains a lot. Maybe he was just tired. No, I I think he would have delved into the uh, like the like the like supported his arguments. Yeah, Reed is the type of guy that would if he's if he's going to declare his his opinion on something that he always you know comes he, up with some evidence to support his argument. You would have a PowerPoint presentation, is what you're saying? Basically, I mean, I'm not saying he should have had a PowerPoint presentation. But I, th- I think it would have been nice if he gave us some reasons why. Gambit number one. Mes amis. Thoughts on this? Corey, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I liked the writing. Wasn't thrilled with the art. I think the so art why, was, was kind of murky. You, like, okay, so I think 
the coloring, maybe. Maybe we had the same issue with it. So I'm not crazy about, I mean, I love Clay Mann's pencils in this issue. Mm. And I said that in my review of this book. But I didn't really feel that the very muddled sort of watercolor um, (laughs) colors were complementary. I think that thicker inks, like more prominent inks, would have really, really done a nice job. Also, I wrote about Gambit yesterday. Mm -hmm. And at the end of somebody's comment, and this person listens to the podcast. So, hi, Bautiste. He goes, or she goes, I think that this is the type of man Sarah is attracted to. (laughs) Gambit? What? Only a bit more on the loyal side. Though I could be wrong. Love you, Sarah. Well, you did say he was charming or charming. He is, but those are just his uh, personality. And Uh, you like the shower scene? I like what? The shower scene. No, I thought that the shower scene was a good representation of him shedding his... Uh, identity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what I thought of it. That's mm-hmm. that was, I, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, okay. I'm agreeing with you. That, mm-hmm. I'm saying. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd be attracted to. Uh, Just because he has red eyes. Yeah. Okay. Admit it. He's got black and red eyes. You're anti-red eyes. No, I'm not. That's that's racist. I'm not racist. <laughs> Red eyes isn't racist. Red I mean, eyes a, means a you, you part, race? party hard. That no, I'm not. <laughs> Gambit would seem to be the one party hard. Party hard. Hey, get the red eyes. Get the visine. Get no, the red out. No, no, no. Or like take, dry, take, taking red a red eyes. eye plane. Like Brad had to take a red eye. <laughs> so I told him get some visine. <laughs> Gambit was good. Uh, yeah. The end was a little corny. There were some. There were some parts where I'm like, oh man, this is such a corny book. But it's Gambit. So. I, feel like, I feel like his heist was also very similar to one that gets pulled in Mass Effect 2 at some point. <laughs> like with yeah. al- almost exactly, actually, with all the things he had to gather and the ways that he gathered them. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think it's cool that he's got these little gadgets now, though. I it mean, makes you sense. mentioned that, Yeah, because he, I mean, he's a thief. He's good. But he's, he, you know, he shouldn't be like this magical thief where he can, you know, get into anything. And it's like he, he needs the high tech stuff. And, you know, he probably has connections, someone to make the stuff for him. And. You know, he's not just, he can't just blow stuff up, charge it up and blow it up. So it, I think it's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall the story, it was good. It wasn't great. Didn't, you know, blow me away, but mm. I see the potential. I like that he's separating himself from the X-Men a little bit here, you know, kind of do his own thing. And what, what so when I, um, I asked uh, James Asmus a, a few questions and one of the things I, I asked him is what about a crossover with Hawkeye? Since they both have their solo books and they're both kind of being separate from their teams. They're both ladies, men. Uh, I think that uh, the I, I, I thought Hawkeye was a better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Issue yeah. One. Yeah. I'm just saying that let's let's see across. The tones are pretty these. different. They yeah, both Gambit's wear. This is a bit more playful. They both wear. Now, is this would you say this is pink? This is a pink or is a He says pink. He says pink. I think it's purple. Purple pink. I would agree, but he says pink in the in the book. I mean, I can see the pink. Because it's close. So that's something they have in common. So him and and Hawkeye. They both have purple. They both have ridiculous color schemes. Hawkeye's clearly purple, purple, but this is purple pink. (laughs) Anyways. It's very 90s. uh, (laughs) Whatever it is. Batman and Robin, number 12. So this was the end of the Terminus arc. So basically we had all these losers that got beat up. In some way or another, by Batman, so they banded together, 
So they're, they're deadly. They, they seem like a joke, but you shouldn't joke about it. This cover, this is, this is one of the misleading covers you're talking about. Yes, like, absolutely. This, this dude's holding back cowls. Like, that yeah. doesn't happen. Well, I mean, it, at least that sim- kind of symbolically could be said to happen. But yeah. for Spider-Man and uh, Alzamandias, nothing like that even remotely happens in the book. <laughs> so this book, I, I enjoyed this, and a lot of people didn't agree with my, my review. Hmm. I thought that... The action was so over the top, which, which I mean, it didn't feel like a proper Batman book. I mean, it just seemed too absurd, but it was it was fun because of that. That's so kind of what Batman and Robin has been doing. Yeah, because, you know, at, at one point he's like, OK, I need to put on a big suit of armor that happens to be under, you know, <laughs> housed in the back in the, oh, the Batmobile. I about that. But again, that's something that he would now have. You know, why not have that? Sure. You know, he he had that suit of armor and. And Night of the Owls. Right. So why wouldn't he have that? And just the, the action just gets so crazy. And, and and then of course you have all the Robins, yeah, fighting together, which again totally cheesy. I oh, don't yeah. don't see that working like that. All the Robins, yeah, all the Robins in the New Fifty Two, which is what I mentioned in my review. Is like, so this DC is trying to tell us that these are the only Robins. There's someone missing here, but yep. apparently it's not a Robin. Apparently it's not important. <laughs> Although to DC, not but yet. then the other thing is Tim Drake's also here. And according to Scott Lobdell, he wasn't a Robin. <gasps> so what's he doing here? How can he? And I'm just convinced to find, Scott Lobdell knows everything. To find out about that, which again, we're just jumping all over the place. So uh, I posted an interview with, with Scott Lobdell about Superman. And on Monday, I will post the second part, which deals with Jason Todd, um, <gasps> Superboy, Teen Titans. And I did flat out ask him. I was like, so you said Tim Drake's not Robin. What's up with that? But he's Red Robin. But he, but he was Robin. And then Lobdell is saying that he went straight to Red Robin. He was never Robin. That's bizarre. He was Red Robin. So How would that even work? You'll have to All wait, right, wait and find yeah, out. So that's the tease. Have to wait and see. For that. Um, let's see. So we also have the Mighty Thor. I think someone loved this issue. Sarah Lima. Mighty Thor. So, um, awesome, Alan, awesome Alan Davis art. Did the art. I said it reminded me of Jack Kirby a little bit. Hmm. Can you see that? Maybe? Everybody's got their mouths open. Well, all the time. No, I mean, I mean, Thor's face looks like Jack Kirby's Thor in so many panels. I don't, I'm just so used to Alan Davis. I, you know, I, I just look at his art. I just see Alan Davis art. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just, I'm just, my mind is trained because you know he's one of my top favorite artists. It's yeah. Like, and I'm not crazy about yeah. Alan Davis. I'll make that clear. Shh. However, turn your mic on. <laughs> I thought that the uh, pencils in this. Are you turning my mic down? I not thought yet. the pencils in this issue were fantastic, and I loved it. Yeah. And the story is so fun, and it's so cool to see Lo- a Loki that is not mischievous, and Loki's mischievous spirit incarnated in in the body of a magpie that sits on young Loki's shoulders. So cool. Wow. I loved it. It's really interesting. Uh, if you are, haven't been reading Thor, then you you can totally pick this up and read it. And it's going to cross over into Journey into Mystery next issue. And so it's uh, it's cool. It's a story that's being written by both Matt Fraction and Kieran Gillen. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And then speaking of Alan Davis, we also had Daredevil, Daredevil Annual. Daredevil Number one. I didn't love it. Yeah, I was. I maybe because I didn't read Fantastic Four, I was just well, utterly lost. No, that, no I, I, it has nothing, <laughs> nothing so much to do with Fantastic Four. It has to do with Clan Destine. So, um, Alan Davis 
so you I was, enjoy I was, that name way too much for I was, the record. I, I was I was telling Corey about this. I I believe. I mean, I I, I I'm a huge Clan Destine fan. So, I for me, I love this this issue. I think I, I could be wrong. I think they start out in Marvel UK. So it was, it was Alan Davis, Mark Farmer. The um, Clan Destine is they they kind of talk about it a little bit in on the first page. So um, the 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 head of the family is Adam Destine. They're, they're, they've they've lived a long time. Blah, blah, blah all the stuff like that. Uh, they they cross over into Excalibur a bit, like when Chris Claremont and Alan Davis, when Alan Davis was doing that. They were in X Men for a bunch of issues. They had their own series, so they were never like a household name. Obviously, they have all this history. It just to me seems really. I mean, I love that they were here, but it was odd that not only were they in the Fantastic Four annual, which when I read that, I was like, "Oh, cool, you got these characters back here," and then that they were also in this issue that Alan Davis wrote and drew both of them. So, and they're apparently also going to be in the Wolverine issue. So that that's I, I'm. It makes me wonder. It's like, why are they they pushing this this group of characters that most people don't know about? Why indeed. I mean, for for both of you guys, I mean, since you're, I mean, and that I think that that's why you guys might not have enjoyed it. Maybe as they, much. maybe they just wanted to tell us a story, or maybe they just wanted to give Alan Davis the opportunity to tell a story that he wanted to tell. But then it's like, okay, do a, do a, a a miniseries or something like that, because you know, mm-hmm. there's this, there's not like a, a strong connection. It's not like this continues straight from the Fantastic Four annual, but you know, you got the same family involved and you know, some of the other characters. So for me, it was great because I, I love those characters. And I even, um, even though I had all the issues, I bought the, the premier hardcover of clandestine, hmm. which I, maybe I, could, I don't know if I'd want to bring it in. Let Sarah look at it. Why not? <laughs> what do you mean? Why not? Where's my fables trade? Moving on, Tony. <laughs> I know where they're at. Moving yeah, on. No, I know exactly where they are. Bottom of it. Just a lot of them. Sewer gutter. And I don't have a vehicle. It's not that many. Well, you, <sighs> You don't have that. I mean, you have like. Fine. You know what? For the next week, I will bring one in each day. You only have like two or three of them. No, I have more than that. I think. I don't think you have that many. I'd say, I don't even know how many you have because I, I haven't been able to buy more trades because I don't know how many I, I lent you. I'll bring them all in next. You week. can bring one at a time. Fine. Here we go. We'll do that. Mm-hmm. All right, Captain America. Don't, don't doubt me. You, how many times have you said, I'll bring them in, I'll bring them in. I know where they're at. I, I just know, I haven't know brought them at. in yet, so you have, continue to have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. Something to such complain an about. Story. Like, don't, yeah, don't lend Sarah Lehman. It's becoming a saga, really. Right? I it, mean, it is. It's, this is a it's something, tale. It's a recurring theme. Of Tony's. Probably the same thing that happened when I, I let you borrow that Action Comics Bizarro World trade wow. paperback. No. No. But you dropped in the puddle. You said Jeff Damn. John's action comics psh, in the puddle. Threw it on oh, the ground. Got to replace it now. Threw it on the ground. <laughs> no, you threw it in a puddle. I thought on the ground. Yep. Puddles are on the ground. It fell in a puddle, Tony. I didn't throw it in the puddle. And also, what did I do? What did I do? I don't know what did you do. What did I do after it fell in a puddle? You said, "Oh man, now I got to replace it." And? And you did. All right, then. <laughs> but just that one. You're like, well, Case I'm not going to replace the 18 billion fables hey, trade hey. paperbacks that I also dropped in a puddle. First of all, it's I a don't really think there has title. been that many. <laughs> I, you know, it's been, a, it's been going on since... You guys. And the same thing. <laughs> since the Big Bang. <laughs> Norm, Norm borrowed one of my Walking Dead hardcovers and spilt wine on it. At least it, I didn't do that. But he bought me a new one also. Well, I mean, that's wine. Well, sure, but did. where is he now? Huh? Huh? Too much of a big shot now. So, uh... Captain America 16. 
Just uh, kidding, Norm. Please come back. I I didn't love this issue. You know how are we gonna? This is, is this, part two. Is this the new thing where like a mob gets riled up and beats up Captain America? Seems like because didn't that just happen like last arc? <laughs> uh, two arcs ago. Okay. okay. But uh, with the the weird thing is is like Cullen Bunn is co-writing this with with Brew Baker. So it's like, does that have anything to do with why I really don't like this, or is it just? Uh-oh. Yeah, you're, you're not does a big st- fan of uh, of Mr. Bunn. Well, because he did like a Wolver- that Wolverine story. We I mentioned this before, which right. I didn't like that Wolverine story. Um, I think is he doing uh, the Captain America and Iron Man? Yeah, hmm. this Captain America and Iron Man, which is still going on, I guess, and I'm still buying it. Um, is this continuing? Yeah, where did he go to the the, the weapons um, convention oh, or whatever? Yeah. And so, like last issue, where Tony Stark puts on that suit of armor that has a helmet. Mm-hmm. So armor with a helmet. It's sure. like you need. Yeah, so here's oh, here right. is again the helmet <laughs> the, on the helmet, <laughs> right? The army helmet on his I don't Iron that. Man armor. I didn't either. Um, Although that might not be the writer necessarily well, saying like, yeah, hey, I, I want know. this armor to have an army helmet on it." That could be something. I mean, there, there's thought. a reason it looks like that, but it just it it seems comical. It does so, seem um, comical. but yeah, this is written by Colin Bunn also, and it's mm. just like I don't know. Um, Scarlet Spider. I got nothing more to say about Captain America. Or, love, and I got nothing to say about Captain America and Iron Man. Love Scarlet Spider. Scarlet Spider, number eight. So this is a second issue with Koi Fam. So no more Ryan Stegman. So it's sad. Uh, Except what, for the fact that Koi Fam is doing a great job. Yeah. When I first saw the, the cover of the last issue, I was like, oh, man. Because it was – so this is what, eight, seven. So issue six, Ryan Stegman's last issue, he inked it because um, I was emailing him. And I was like, holy crap. It's like – you know, I was, I was like this – I was like – before I even um, – I didn't look at the details and I have the issue. I was, I was like, you know, who inked that? He's like, I did. Yeah. So he inked himself and it looked – I mean because I, I liked his issue. But if you look at like issue one and issue six, huge difference. I mean it's so good. Oh, yeah. So it, it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, it sucks. It's, you know, the art's so good. We're going to get someone new and you kind of have that preconceived notion. It's like it's not going to be as good. But so, I mean it's unfair. Yeah. but. I it, it I like it here. It's it. I have to say I don't like it as much as as, as Stegman because I yeah. felt like we got spoiled, especially in that last issue. The other thing is, um, I'm not sure about the villains here. So we we Rocks have on? Walsh, on. Max Walsh, or what? what what's what's his name? And he just I, I don't know. I don't really care much about him. And and he's got to run in with the Rangers, which that's kind of neat seeing those characters. Like where have they been since the initiative? Yeah, but. The the main thing is that this is clearly not Spider Man. Yeah. You know, this is he's a guy he doesn't see himself as a hero. He's feeling the urge to be a hero. He he can't resist it now, you know, that his mind's a little you know, straightened out a little bit. And the tagline is perhaps a little misleading, but all the power, none of responsibility. Yeah, he's got plenty of responsibilities. He hooks up with this lady. He, I'm not last saying... issue, he saves this woman, shacks up with her for the night, Listen, and then he finds out him. she's the daughter of this evil dude. Yeah. And, and he's that... like, What? And, well, and now he's being all like, hey, that was not cool the way that you hopped into bed with me. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it. he has all of the responsibility, but none is a little harsh. It's not well, like he's letting people get exploded and burned down. Hopefully he was he responsible lives. that evening. Oh, okay. And guys. <laughs> we're going to get into this again. James is not here. I was going to say, we want to Skype James in, see his thoughts on, well, we all know on web I, fluid. Um, why was Mary Jane slightly oh. immune to Spider Island effects? Uh, same reason she wasn't around in Spider Man Rain. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine 311. 
Matt Elfring gave this a two. Ouch. I think that might be a bit needlessly harsh, but I, I certainly wouldn't give it much higher than a three. He was, he was, uh, Matt basically said he was upset. I mean, like what it seems Jeff Loeb is doing, he's like undoing everything that he set up in that Wolverine 50 51 when they, they killed Sabretooth. So basically, sure. the Sabretooth, which is ridiculous. So Sabretooth that got his head chopped off by the, the mystical blade. Yes, the Muramasa. Was not Sabretooth. Of was it was a clone. Of course. It was. And Wolverine's like, Oh, I, I thought his scent was off a little bit. It's like, but you don't look into it anymore. You, you take the bones, you bury them, which, which I loved that he brought that up. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I, I chopped off the head. I got the, the remains. I'm going to bury it here where no one knows. Right. So I can check on it whenever I want to make sure he's still there and doesn't look, do like a comic book thing and just come back to life. But then it's just like, it's like, oh, he was just a clone. <laughs> and then, and then there's this, this, uh, mysterious redhead female who knows uh, who he is and just kissing him. And, uh, I love the and, Wolverine's love interests are all defined by one characteristic. Well, he, he says that, that he's, he's, triangle. he's like, you know, I like the redheads. It's like, geez, it was like a love triangle in the nineties. And suddenly that's like the soul defining character. That was actually my one problem with Wolverine origins was they felt the need to like explain quote unquote, why he's got a thing for redheads. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. His first love was redhead. Yeah, that, goes back to that. That was silly. That's what I'm saying. That's not silly. That's, that's what he likes. You, you like what you like. You don't need to explain why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, <laughs> there, you know, there's certain traits that you, you you see in a person, and you look for your next mate or whatever. I don't know. I just or thought it. you realize that there's a reason why you're not with that person. Right. So you find something completely different. You mean the woman who like wound up breaking his heart and leaving him for a man like 15 years older than that's her? That's usually what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that it was a different time, but <laughs> um, so we got this mysterious woman. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, who could this be? And and then we find out, and it's just like, uh, I mean, that wasn't a terrible reveal. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there, <laughs> there was something. I, I, I don't want to. I can't say because I don't want to spoil it. But when when she reveals who she is, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I I totally. I kind of misread it. Uh oh. At. at <laughs> Maybe when the mic's off. Well, basically, I, I I I thought she was saying that she was a dude, <laughs> and I was like Wolverine, and because you know he's all shocked, he's like what? And then I I was like, oh okay, I kind of read it wrong, but right? As, as a little little funny moment in Tony Land when I when I read that. <laughs> Sensational Spider-Man a lot thirty of funny moments in Tony Land thirty three point one. This was a issue. So they're doing all these Spider-Man point one issues to celebrate the 50th anniversary. Cool. Yeah, you know, sure. Again, standalone stories. Let's like the, the last one was, um, what was the last Peter Parker, Spider-Man, um, whatever it was. So the spectacular Spider-Man. And, the was it, maybe it was spectacular. And so, I mean, that, that was cool that, I, I didn't bother. Oh, because so. that one it, they 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 go back to um to the, the, the where there's Nora Nora Winters. It's like I, Peter, I need your help. Blah blah blah, like this. Right. And then she goes. Um, they they have to go to the warehouse where he chased the the burglar. Oh, okay. So there was that. They they kind of brought that. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of neat that, that yeah. they're they're doing that. But then it, the story was it was all right. This one is right after Jameson's elected mayor. Carly were dating mm-hmm. and she you know she's a CSI but here she really wants to be a detective which you don't really get a whole lot of that yeah. in, in issue um, she also now I'm, I'm trying to think back to when, when Carly 
first appeared. And it seemed like she got prettier as, as time <laughs> went, went by. Cause like her, her, she grew her hair out and, but here she's got like the, the, your typical, um, comic book physique, mm. I guess you could say, you know, lots of curves and, and stuff like that. And her, her hair's <laughs> lots a curves. lot, lot longer. It's like, yeah. she wasn't like that before. It's like, she's, she's a CSI person. I mean, she looked normal and hmm. now she, she looks like Mary Jane. So it's just kind of weird. But then the other thing, and then they have the vulture in here, the new vulture, which I don't oh. like. Who, I think he's fine. Who is, is not around. I think he's better than the octogenarian in a flying suit. Yeah. But so it's like, what's, is this story going to matter? Probably not. It's like, it takes place back then. The, the vulture guy is no longer with us. If you read that issue to Punisher. Yeah. And so see, you should be thanking Frank Castle. But then the other Sweet thing, new beard. The other thing, so it's point one issue, right? Self-contained, all that. No, it's not because it, the story does, oh, isn't yeah, even right. over here. You have to read Sensational Spider-Man thirty-three point two to get. So, but it's like that is. Are not, they really doing that? Are they really doing there, point yeah, two? Point, there's going to be point two. It's like that is not am, a point one issue. That is not a self-contained. This am, and the other thing. I'm about to make this podcast explicit. The other thing is the point one issues are supposed to be jumping on points. Right. How can you have a jumping on point for a series that has been canceled <laughs> or that ended? You can't jump on it because there's nowhere to go after that. And then the other thing, there was um, two different Sensational Spider-Man series. There was one I think it was like 2000, 2000 or something like that. So this 33.1, they don't continue from the one that ended in 2006 or seven. They they go back to the one that ended like way earlier. People say we only talk about comic books that we like. Because <laughs> <laughs> the the other one, it ended. Um, it was it was. Right around the, the the back and black part, when you know he was wearing the the black suit, like right before right. one more day, and um, don't remind me. So it was just it was just weird that they did all that. Um, did you guys read Ozymandias? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you want to say about that? The cover is entirely misleading. Nothing resembling that even remotely happens in the book. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um. I thought it was all right. I mean, we're finally getting to see some stuff that wasn't explicitly addressed in the original Watchmen title. But you don't sound impressed. Eh, I wasn't. It was fine, but... I wasn't that impressed either. Eh. I do like um, Jay Lee, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jay Lee's pencils Mm -hmm. are great. Oh, yeah. They do feel a little bit static and... and Extremely, but I, I I feel like that fits the tone. It fits the tone, but it doesn't fit action scenes. No, that's very true. So... Um, and there was a, some action in this. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Len, Len Wein, mm-hmm. Wayne Wayne, yes. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. So anyway. It's Wayne? I think it's Wayne. Yeah. Um, I think his dialogue for Ozymandias is great. Mm-hmm. I think he's able to really capture the character. He it- sounds like a pretentious dick. Yeah. And and that's perfect. You kind of love exactly to hate him. <laughs> who he is. Yeah, exactly. Um. So it's. I think it's good. I think the characterization is really good. I think he's got a really good understanding of that. But this isn't really anything that I'm so impressed by and so interested in. Yeah. So it's beautiful, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't read it. Clearly, you are interested in <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, I'm book taking care well. of your little thing over here. Um, Venom number twenty-two. Liked it a lot. Again, though, like, kind of like the last issue, thought it was a little anticlimactic at the end. 
Yeah, I, I um, someone tweeted me like like oh you should review it was great. It's like it was good. I didn't think it was great. Um, I'm I'm still getting over the the shock of who Crime Master was. Yeah, which I, I don't was, know if you was, should spoil it yet, but uh, I mean this so this is this is dealing more with with um this Jack Lantern. Yeah, or what's his is his name Jack Lantern? Jack Lantern, yeah. I like him as an arch enemy. I, I really do. He was a little too over the top for me. I I think he was just over the top enough when we're dealing with someone like Venom, like the guy who used to threaten to eat people's brains. I see, I also liked um, Jason Mackendale. He was the original Jack O' Lantern, oh, the who, one who got his head blown off. Who who then went after he he paid was it the not the foreigner he paid, he paid to have um hobgoblin killed took oh, okay. his stuff and then that's when they framed Ned Leeds uh, as a hobgoblin. Then he became hobgoblin. Well, as I said, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Yeah. So this was, um, and it was dealing with a, a lot of uh, Flash Thompson. Mm-hmm. And his, I like that part a lot. Yeah. Like I really liked that part, but like I said, they they do Jack Lantern and Venom finally go round and round, and I feel like it's just over too quickly. I was actually reading this Wednesday night, and my daughter came and she looked at it, so I was like, Yeah, it might then, be a bit much. So because she she saw like one um, the scene where Venom's like swinging, it was yeah. like. Like uh, I think it was this part, second oh, yeah. page, and she's like, "Oh, is that like Spider-Man?" And I was like, "That's Venom." She knows who Venom is. I was like, "And that's actually Flash Thompson." Because I, I think I might have explained to her before didn't, you know, how he lost his legs and all right. that. And then so yeah, those things like yeah, his his dad wasn't nice, but yeah. I didn't show her like just how ni- nice he was. Yeah. Well, we got some. We got a nice little farewell from Rick Remender at the end. Yeah. Uh, I love that man. Yeah, me too. It girl and the Atomics. You loved one. it, huh? It, well, I gave it a four. I really did like. So it. you hated it. Um, so basically, here's how I felt going into it. I was like, so it girl and the atomics. These are are Mike Allred characters from from Madman, and Mike Allred is not working on this this series, this mini series. He just did the cover. No wonder you hated it so much. It's um, written by Jamie S. Rich, mm-hmm. who he was an editor. He's he he's friends with Mike, and he edited like a bunch of his stuff forever. And then um. It was illustrated by Mike Norton. Um, so when the so I mean you know what Mike Allred's style is you know you see you see on the cover and then when, when you look on when they show It Girl for the first time on page two He's got and some three abs so I was just like <laughs> I mean so you look at that it's oh, like it's like you it carve meat with those I abs. mean this this is it's it's good art I yeah. mean it looks good I mean it's, it's a little too much I'm like. Wow, that is such a departure from Mike Allred. I was like, that is so like not detail, but it's just like so superhero-y, you mm-hmm. know, just comic mm-hmm. booky or whatever you want to say. I was like, oh man. And then um I guess the spoiler is she was actually playing a video game. <gasps> so the the style does go I like that. Go more into oh, that's I mean, a nice it, it's it's not Mike Allred. It's it's not I'm glad that they didn't say, let's get someone to try to do exactly, you know, Mike Allred style. Like, you know, you do a Simpsons comic or, you know, something like that where you know you just try to copy it or like yeah. like peanuts. So I, I like that, you know, he has his own style, but it's close enough and, and the colors these are not Laura Allred colors, but the colors are good here. So and there there's also mention uh, you know, Madman and a couple of the other atomics are off planet. They're on a intergalactic space musical tour <laughs> with Red Rocket Seven, cool. who's another one of Mike Allred's characters. I've got to pick this book up. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I like that that there's mention to them because I've been like you know where I've been upset since Madman ended, but you know Mike Allred's been doing iZombie. 
So it's nice that we had that. So there's a thing. It's like Mike Allred's his plate is full right now. You know, he did the issue of Daredevil. We now know he's going to be doing FF, which we'll talk more about that later. So the thing is, if he's busy, do you just say, okay, he can't work on these characters. We'll just wait until he can work on it. Or do you accept someone else working on it? I think the latter. So it's kind of like that. Especially it's, it's like if it has Mike Allred's blessing. Yeah. He's kind of like, kind of, it's, you know, like I, I saw it like, like Hellboy and yeah. BPRD. It's like Mike Mignola can't do everything. Yeah, exactly. So, he, you know, we got other people telling yeah, keeps, the stories. It keeps it fresh. It's like, you know, people aren't, uh, don't forget about the characters. Because I, I actually, I, I thought about this at, at some point. It's like, what will it be like when someone else does Madman? And like, because Jay Bone did a like a half a issue a story in one of the issues one time, and but that's still it's it's close, you know, the styles right. are a little close to to Mike Allred's, so it's it's good to see that it works. And on the back, there's a ad for Mike Norton's um, Battle Pug. Yeah, oh, so, oh, for, also from I love Battle Pug, Volume One hardcover. So coming Holy soon. Holy I'm just meeting Battle Pug, and I'm already loving Battle Pug. So check that out from Mike Norton. Uh, we also have Punk Rock Jesus number two from Vertigo. This is Sean Murphy. Mm-hmm. Sean Murphy is an amazing artist. Um, I, I like that it's black and white. And it's, it it's, it's, it even has like, it's like real paper. It does, it's not oh, like, yeah. like glossy comic book paper. Um, so basically what would happen in the first issue is they wanted to clone Jesus. This is a little bit in the, in the future. Okay. They have the shroud. Sure. So they, they, Got some DNA, which has been disproven, but whatever. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still with you. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's it's been led you to believe it's been misproven. <gasps> so they're gonna um, clone Jesus. There's people against. It. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's great. Got to check that. That does sound like an interesting concept. It, it's Vertigo. It's Sean Murphy. It's worth checking out. I'm offended. <laughs> you sound very indignant. Um. <laughs> so, do we also have American Vampire Lord of Nightmares? This is number. Three. So this is from Scott Snyder and Dustin Wins doing the art here. Hmm. So this is dealing this uh, the Vassals of Morningstar, the, the organization's anti-vampire. Uh, they had the remains. They had the body of Dracula. Hmm. So it's it's like weird things. Like when you think it's like when I say Dracula is in this comic, you're like, oh really? But they kind of explained it like and it was in the issue two. Where they explained that that yeah, Dracula was actually a real person, and then you know, then the stories were written based on on that. He has all his powers. They they captured him. They killed him. Um, I think this, again, this is ish, the last issue where this was explained. You know, they, they slit his throat. They drained his body of blood, and then they kept the bodies hidden. They've had it. The body has been taken away. So now it's like if if he's not really dead, if he comes back, that's not going to be good news. Probably not. So that's what this is dealing with. So, And it's American Vampire, so you've been reading that. You know what to expect. It's great there. Dustin Wynn's art, which is amazing here. So some good stuff. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. 609. Uh, Hickman I and it. Ryan Stegman. I loved it. Who's only on for three issues, which Gotta is be, the bummer. Because Hickman's almost done. Yeah. So um, I mentioned that this isn't really somewhere easy to start reading this also i don't understand why you would now um (laughs) it's great but there are a lot of references to things that he he wrote like last year like the giant galactus carcass under new york city that stuff yeah Uh, but it's great i really really enjoyed it i think it's well written and i'm gonna miss hickman a lot yeah so i mean like you said it is weird that it's kind of picking up 
finishing up, you know, adding little little touches to previous stuff. So that but it seems... also like opens a lot of doors with the last few pages. Yeah. You know, like, okay, I'm closing this up, sort of wrapping all this stuff up, but then I'm also leaving it open for new stories mm-hmm. to be told. So it's interesting. It's just weird for like Stegman's first issues. Like we're not moving forward. We're kind of Going, looking, looking back, back and then teasing. Cause so, um, I posted some images that, that Ryan's been, you know, some of his sketches and that, mm-hmm. and you know, he's got like the wizards got Dr. Doom. So it's like lots of cool stuff. And, and that could just been him. could be just him, you know, doodling, messing around, you know, trying things out, or maybe that's what we're going to see in the next couple issues. But, um, yeah, Hickman's got to wrap up everything that he's, he's been working on, you know, he's, cause he's, it's, it's going to be sad, but we'll see what happens moving forward. All right. Then we got Superboy, um, number 12. I actually like the art here, but this is just like a fill in issue. Um, what we have is Superboy is, is trying to have a normal life. You know, not superpowers, but he's still like new. He's still fresh, so he doesn't know a lot of things. So I actually like that. That it's not just going to be him hanging out with with the Teen Titans. You know, he's actually going to go out and do other things. And he tries alcohol for the first time because you know he's only a a, you know couple months old or a few months old. (laughs) That is too young to be drinking. So so it's it's kind (laughs) of interesting. The 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 concern I have. So this is just written by Tom DeFalco because Tom DeFalco and Scott Lobdell were co-writing it. And so it looks like Labdell is off of this because, as we know, he's doing Superman now. Um, so we have all, all these, like, an introduction to these supporting characters who could possibly like a supporting cast, but some of them seem kind of superficial and all. It. So it's it's hard to say if I mean if it's great if there's going to be a supporting cast of non-powered people, but hopefully they'll be interesting. And so I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it was it was an okay issue. I mean, there's some fun things, but I think I gave it a three. I mean, it wasn't great. Um, Space Punisher number two. This book uh, is, without hyperbole, the most underrated uh, book on the shelf. So this is just bizarre. So you have it's really it's weird. Space Punisher. All, all Punisher I space. think the only selling point I need to say is that the space mafia killed his space family, and he is out for space vengeance. Mm-hmm. And then we have Space Hulk in here. So that's all you need to know. Bye. It's it's so good. It's not six one six Punisher. Before you ask, uh, it is. It's like the Punisher meets the magazine heavy metal. It's it's really over the top. It's really goofy, and but in kind of a violent way. But yeah, um, we also have X Men Legacy, which I didn't like. Rogue's bangs in here. Mm-hmm. Um, incredi- yeah, they were weird. Yeah. She looks like she's wearing a white helmet. Um, <laughs> Incredible Hulk. This is number twelve. Hmm. It's still the Stay Angry story. I didn't read this. Yeah. I haven't. I don't know what happened. I loved. I, I was digging this series when it first started. It's Jason Aaron, but it's just. I don't know about this story. Um, we have Ravagers number four. So this is Howard Mackey with um, kind of spinning off of Superboy with the, the kids from uh, from nowhere, nowhere with, with periods acronym. Right. Um, Dancer came out from from Image. Matt loved that. He gave that a five this week. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. I didn't read. I didn't get number two. It's a. Uh... It's weekly. It's really, it's really dark, but it's kind of got like a black humor to it. See, I, I didn't, I didn't really because I reviewed the first one. I didn't really like. I, I, I dig it. <laughs> it wasn't really funny. Deadpool. No, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, mm. it's it's dark Deadpool. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, I like that they came up with at least with a narrative reason for this all to be happening, and it's in another dimension, obviously. So what? Kind of, yeah. I thought it was. Yeah, no, he's actually going to kill the Marvel universe. Yeah, but uh. 
And I mean, you know, as with any story like this, you kind of need to tweak the power levels. Like, I don't think even it is most vicious and ruthless that Deadpool could actually kill Doctor Doom. <laughs> I don't know. It just... I, I mean, I, 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 if he's going to be killing the Marvel Universe, then, then yeah, you know, maybe it should be serious. You know, you should have serious Dudley Deadpool. But on the other hand, it's like it could also be fun to see funny Deadpool killing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I like it. I also like that it's weekly, so maybe I just have a, a weakness for getting to see what happens next really quickly. Um, so let's see. As far as news, uh, Marvel has been re- releasing covers to their Marvel Now stuff. Mm-hmm. So we saw Iron Man, um, Deadpool, Deadpool, Thor, Fantastic Four. Um, so yeah, Fantastic so so Fantastic Four. Four. I think that's. Based on the teasers, that's the most interesting one. You think but, so? I think so. I mean, because I was like, it's I mean, Deadpool, Deadpool cover is cool, mm. you know, and that, that's gonna be interesting. You know how what the, the writings with that. Um, Mighty Thor sounds sounds good. I think there's a interview at Newsarama, so that, that sounds like it could be interesting. Um, X Men Legacy information came out today. It's gonna have Legion. It's <laughs> Professor X. I, I don't All like. Right. I never liked Legion in his freaky tall hair. <laughs> so it's like I don't know about that. His weird James um, from Isotope hair. <laughs> that's no, taller than that. Um, I just never liked that character with mm-hmm. all his personalities and all that. And But Fantastic Four, so it's Matt Fraction and Mark Bagley. But then what's weird is Mark Farmer is inking him. And someone even commented, it's like, oh, it kind of looks like Alan Davis art because you know, Mark Farmer always like inks Alan Davis. Um, you can't really tell anything from the cover. New costumes, sort of. I mean, they're they're kind of like the Future Foundation. They're you know black and white, but they got the fours on there. No Spider-Man on the cover, so we don't know what that means. You know, it's it's the four and the, nothing. It's it's a nice image. Doesn't tell you anything. Yeah. FF on the other hand, so this is also Matt Fraction and very intriguing. Mike Allred, who I love. Um, very bizarre. So it's like, is this still a Future Foundation? Apparently, it is, according to the little interview in USA Today. So we have Ant-Man with a four. We don't know which Ant-Man this is. If it's Eric O'Grady, is he still alive? What's going on? I don't know. Um, and then we have She-Hulk, which is cool because I loved when she took Ben's place when sure. after Secret Wars. Uh, we have Medusa, which is cool. Um, it's like, what, what does that mean? Because Black Bolt's back. So I don't know what that's going to mean. I'm kind of hoping Matt Fraction brings back funny She-Hulk. Yeah. Like the Dan Slott style. Well, and then with the fact that the fourth member is a woman in a thing suit. That is with pink hair. So bizarre. And apparently her name is Miss Thing. Which is silly. So and I don't get I don't <laughs> We've get We've already got She Hulk, so we really need Miss Thing. <laughs> I don't get um what's happening with, with Ant Man. So he's got these things coming out of his hand and they're like little loops that are kind of like going onto his feet. I don't know what that has to do with ants and you know. I don't know. Those things that ants have around their hands and feet. So, Tony, that has everything to do with ants. If you can't see what that has to do with ants, then I'm certainly not going to tell you. So I can't wait for that. <laughs> I just feel sorry for you. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, there, Marvel released an image for Captain America, which is Rick Remender and John Romita Jr. J.R. J.R. Your fave. No, I, I, don't, I don't mind him so much. I mean, there's definitely... It's not I mean, a, there are other artists you prefer to see on Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. Like, like I said, John Romita Jr. looks... I like his art on Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, and that's because of the, the ink washing that... I forget who who does. 
goes over that. Um, fantastic, or when or when John Romita was on Avengers, there's sometimes it was okay. Some parts it, I didn't like it, like the whole future war when they're fighting the apocalypse from the future and all that. That sometimes the action scenes just don't don't work for me. So I don't know. Uh, let's see other news. Disney announced Joss Whedon is going to return and to write and direct the Avengers. Part what two. a shock. I'm pretty sure they just kept driving dump trucks full of money up to his house until he said yes. And he's also <laughs> going to be working with Marvel Television. He signed, I think, an exclusive um, contract through 2015. So he's, that's it's all he's going to be doing. Probably smart to lock him down. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing. If, if, you know, to work on a movie, it's going to you know take some time and planning and all that. And then to how involved with television, we don't know specifically if he's just going to be producing or overseeing and saying, do this, do that, don't do that. I mean, so so that 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 can be good. I mean, he was. Still, that's good because I mean, it, it means that the direction, because it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be sort of stemming off from what we saw in the Avengers first movie, right? That's but, what the rumor is. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we, the yeah. TV show stuff. We'll so have to see specifically having him involved in any way can at least make. I mean, it makes me a little bit more comfortable about mm-hmm. this idea that the direction will sort of be similar. Definitely. Enough. Um, and speaking of Marvel Television, uh, Guillermo del Toro, My he, he <laughs> was talking about Incredible Hulk, so it's still sort of happening. Yeah, he's been saying that, but he's, He says they have a, a big writer, but they're, he's not locked in yet, so he doesn't want to mention that. So it sounds mm-hmm. like um, they're, it's they're still Whedon. working on it. Wouldn't um, that be something? <laughs> the interesting thing, so this was an interview over at Collider.com. Um he came really close to directing Thor. Hmm. Really? Holy moly! Now that, that I'm thinking of, so oh cool. my god, that would have been awesome. So they they asked him about you know about that, and he's he's like, I'm not I'm not really a superhero guy. I'm I'm more like into monsters and you know creatures and stuff like that. Except for those two Hellboy movies. Well, I mean, that was there, a monster. There's, yeah, but well, also superhero. Yeah, mm, but not, more not of a so. monster than a superhero. Because he he you says can make the same argument about Thor. He's but he not. says he likes Way. more characters like. Like Man Thing, Swamp Thing, um, Sandman, Constantine, Demon, Doctor Strange, Spectre. Oh Batman. my God! Now Can you I imagine want to... a Swamp Thing movie? Can you imagine a Constantine by... movie? That would be crazy, <laughs> crazy. Now I want to see that. So he says, <laughs> "Who can have the most high pitched voice?" I think it's me. He says, um, "For me to be interested in doing a superhero movie, it would need to be on the dark side or a Jack Kirby property. <laughs> Commandy, Demon, Mister Miracle." I love any Kirby. I think it's cool that he likes comics. Yeah. Like when he was at Comic-Con, I had a whole conversation with him about Darwin Cook's uh, uh, new book. Minutemen? Uh, no. Oh. The, the new Parker book that mm-hmm. he had. The score? Yeah. Um, I mean, just, I, I, I would, yeah, I just got distracted for a second because he also met with Fox for Wolverine. Ooh. And that doesn't strike me as so interesting. And he he said he I thought about it. I actually met with Hugh Jackman, but it's one thing to say you have to differentiate between loving it as a fan, which is almost like dating and creating it from scratch, which takes two to three years of your life, which is like a marriage. Hmm. <laughs> a marriage is only two to three years. <laughs> so. Not like in dating. Hollywood. Yeah. In Hollywood. Um, other movie news. Which is a, some controversy over this. Warner Brothers apparently wanted Ben Affleck to direct Justice League. 
I don't see why they have since changed their mind. Just kidding. Well, we, so I don't see why there's controversy over that. He's no, no, no. The, con- the country. So basically, director. that's not the controversy. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of people were like, "Oh, he sucks," and all that, but it's like he's a, he's a thanks he, people who have never watched any of the movies he's directed. You know, watch the town or watch um, yeah. Gone Baby Gone. So he's he's a good director. Yeah. Uh, that that's not that shouldn't be a question. But it was Variety that announced it that broke this news that they they wanted him and all that. And then Deadline, who usually breaks a lot of news, they're like, oh, no, the reason we didn't break this before Variety, and I'm totally paraphrasing here, is because we knew that he didn't want to do it. But he's still going to meet with Warner Brothers, even though he doesn't want to do it. So we didn't bother posting this news because he already is, has decided he's not going to do it. <laughs> but it's just like, if he's not going to do it, what, he's just going to waste Warner Brothers time. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to do it, but I'll, 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 I'll sit and, and through this meeting and you That's pretty strange. buy me some food and, you know. Yeah, I'm going to waste everybody's time. By Maybe he wants here. to see how many zeros are on that check. Because <laughs> the other thing, um, basically, Ben Affleck only directs when he's in the movie. It's uh, not necessarily that that's the yeah. demand of his, but th- you know that that's that's what he does. He's like, if I'm going to direct it, I, I want to be in a movie too. You know, it's like okay, that that's fine. You know, and um, so the question is, if if that was the case, and if he was going to direct the Just League, like, would he be in a movie? And would he be like one of the actual heroes? Would he be a supporting role? I mean, I could actually see him as Steve Trevor. Yeah, I think that's been mentioned because could- obviously he can't be Superman because no. if I don't know if, if Henry Cavill is going to have anything to do with this if they're going to tie those together. Oh, if they been. if they don't, they have screwed up monumentally. Because <laughs> um, I I think he didn't like the whole costume process with Daredevil, and you know he yeah. said you know there's there's other problems with Daredevil that you know he's he's talked about before. <laughs> oh, word. And and the thing with Daredevil, it's like you can't blame that on Ben Affleck either. No, I mean that, that movie had so many problems. He was and, fine. So in fact, I would say all the actors were fine. In uh, the, I don't know. You know, not a fan of Bullseye. I'm gonna guess. Nah, it was just too much. Bullseye. Yeah, yeah so, he was ridic- He was so campy. Yeah, everyone was kind of campy. <laughs> but it, it's it's weird that I mean Warner Brothers has been going to um, Ben Affleck for a lot of things because like they also offered him the stand, Stephen King's the stand. Yeah, that I would that. love to see. <laughs> and there, there's I think there's something else that they offered him. So hmm. we'll see. And also another good movie that he did act in, which he did not direct, was Hollywoodland, the, the story about George Reeves. I've heard that was good. I Diane Lane and um, um, what's the other dude's name? Um, is Adrian Brody was in it? Adrian was it? Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. That's what I'm asking. Okay. So I <laughs> I don't know. You're not gonna make me look it up. I, but really, let's <laughs> um, just say it was Adrian Brody. But so yeah, that was the story. If you know people don't know, um, George Reeves was Superman, the yes. old black and white TV show, and. He, he had some issues. supposedly maybe committed suicide. Um, he had some severe yeah. Adrian Brody issues. was in in okay. Hollywood Lane, so it's it's a story about that. You know, did he commit suicide? Did he you know was it foul play? And and so Diane Lane was in it. I think I don't know if I mentioned her. So. Yes, you did. <laughs> so it's 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 a decent movie. Um, let's see other news. Um, so we got yeah we got an interview with Scott Lobdell about Superman. So you can check that out. Um, I think that's it for the news. Um, but we got a bunch of questions from the fans. A bunch of cruncher questions. From the family. Okay. Uh, hey, can I do a shout out? Jeez, what is this? So Razitaz 
mm-hmm. a moderator on Comic Vine. Ooh. She wrote a blog about uh, like stockings um, in comics, and it's about the process of like pulling up, a, like a woman pulling up her stocking. How it, it stockings? It, stocking. I thought you said stockings. No, like stalkers, stocking. like people stalking like, like other stocking, like a like a piece of clothing. Like yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I thought you... nylons. Pulling off nylons. <laughs> How's that? So, um, so she wrote this whole thing about how she, uh, she thinks that the the, the connotation of a woman pulling up her stocking slash nylon is so different now than it used to be before. It was like the only way that a a woman can really appear provocative was pulling up her stocking because there was so much, there was such a stigma, like a a sexual stigma attached to that. And now it's like, I think she referenced like an issue of Supergirl where Supergirl's pulling up her stocking Mm -hmm. and there's just, it's not the same. It just—it's so weird looking at the two different images. Hmm. So it was interesting. I liked it. So yay! Go read Razataz's blog. Um, why don't you promo that on the front page? I maybe I will. Okay. <laughs> so, since we we don't update that as often as we should. Yeah, no, I'll do that. Um, KHB or Crimson Crimson Squire. This is a James question, which we can't answer. Was the Earth to Adam named sarcastically, or will he be able to shrink as well? Oh. So, but I mean, like the original Adam, you know, I know I don't know, don't know a lot about him, but I know he grew. So, um, I have to ask James about that. We don't know. We haven't seen that yet. Um, he also says um, he's the one that that asked about a picture of Corey because <gasps> he has no idea what you look like. See, I told you. So he, you're talking about stockings. <laughs> Not stockings. Stockings. I would hope not. So. Um, Richborn with Ryan Stegman off Fantastic Four already because um, Mark Bagley's taken over when they do Marvel now. Would you like to see him return to Scarlet Spider or maybe do Amazing Spider-Man? Either of those would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what he's... he's, he's Obviously, he's got to be going to somewhere else. I mean, he's yeah. been doing a lot of covers lately, which... That's a good sign. It's a good and a bad sign because when when Marvel starts going to the certain artists and saying, "Do this cover, do this cover," because you know, or do the variant covers, because that's like a selling point. That's to get people to or you know, comic stores to order more and you know, get these variant exclusive or rare covers and all that. But then it's also bad is when they start doing covers and that means they're doing less interiors because covers are easy to do. You get more money. You can sell the original art and all that. And so. I will have to see. He hasn't been in any announcements. It also changes your career as an yeah. artist. Yeah. Once you start doing covers. Like J. Scott Campbell. And Adam like, Hughes. Frank yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we'll have to see um, uh, Dr. Manhattan. Oh, yeah. That comes out this month, right? It's, uh, yeah. We're August. Finally. Yep. It seemed like it was so long ago. Yeah. So I think it's I'll be to be on, on the third issue of everything else except the book Adam Hughes is working on. I, yeah. I can't wait That's to review that. Late. Well, yeah. I mean, we've also got Rorschach coming out. I can't wait to review Dr. Manhattan. That's fine. You can. No, you, you can't. Totally no, we, we remember allowed. we already talked about this. And I, we said that you would review that. You know, I was supposed to review Ozymandias, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to. There's always time to change your mind. I didn't. Yeah, I was like, eh. I, didn't really, I wasn't in the mood. It's also true the two uh, cover artists are having their issues come out last. Because Rorschach is being drawn by Libermejo. I, I don't know if it has anything to do. I mean, it, that could be part of it. But it's also... Cause, 
not everything. Did everything come out? I thought something came out in July. I don't think everything came out in Minute June. Minutemen came out in. Well, because that's got two issues. June. Um. Well, because everything's on. Yeah. So we're two. We're on issue three, three of everything. Except but for this those is two. well. No, this is um. Asimandius is issue two. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying the next issue. Yeah. Because oh, be yeah, those came out in June. Osmandis came out in July. It's like they're doing it in waves, though. No, they 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 separate. This is a rotation. I'm, I'm glad they did this rather than have everything come out all at once because right. if you know you already have 52 titles for DC and then they got <laughs> these you know six seven whatever series, so th- that's good. Um, yeah, so we'll have to see what, what he does. Um, Crimson Squire. Also says, how do you think Superman will react to meeting Superboy in November? So that's going to be interesting because I guess they haven't met. We know yeah. Superboy and Supergirl have met. That didn't go well. Nor did the meeting between Superman and Supergirl. Yeah, well, that that was more on her part. But, yeah, um, but- she was like disgusted with she i think she called superboy like a cockroach basically or something like that like some kryptonian curse you were going in a direction different direction with that um (laughs) it's gonna be interesting what 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 they do with that because in young justice the cartoon the animated series which i don't know if if you're watching it i don't i haven't um superman was always he's he's a little weirded out and and you know it's like i would be too it's like when when he first he like he wouldn't talk to superboy he would just like let's just like leave and Hmm. and that made superboy you know because he he kind of had a the, an attitude like a chip on his shoulder and then it's like here's this guy who's kind of like his father right and then he like doesn't want anything to do with him so it's just like you know and that felt a little weird because it's extremely rude on superman's part yeah i mean yeah it would be totally weird to see here's a half clone of you as a kid but it's just weird. a little that, out of character for him yeah because I, I would think regardless of how, even if he was weirded out it's like okay i need to talk to this kid make sure he's he goes on the right path right so, you know, if he's got even half of my power or whatever, you make sure, you know, he doesn't go down the wrong wrong road. And so I, it, we'll have to see how, how that plays out. Um, Sweetest Toaster says, which Marvel Now books are you most looking forward to? Um, personally, Indestructible Hulk is one I'm looking forward to. Do you have any? Because um, there, there are other ones, too. Yeah. I, I mean, Cap, I, I really do like Rick Remender, so I've got to say I'm looking forward to that Cap book. Um yeah, yeah. I'm wondering what Bendis is going to do with the X Men. I'm I'm really curious. I'm a huge Bendis fanboy, so um, I'm a little bit biased on that one. But I mean, for me, obviously FF, just because mm-hmm. Mike Allred. Oh sure. And and I'm 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 hoping Matt Fraction. When Matt Fraction does funny, I mean, it it, it can so be funny. funny. So we'll have to see <laughs> how that goes. Um, certainly, with Mike Allred on the book, looks like they're going in that direction. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like look, let's just make this a totally fun book, yeah. which could be cool. Um, Deadpool, it looks mm-hmm. looks interesting. We'll have to see how that goes. But then there are other ones. So, um, Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that one. So, a lot. Um, I don't know if they've. I love roster shakeups. Um, see who's doing this. Except when it's Uncanny so, X Force. Uncanny oh. Avengers is Rick Remender and John Cassidy, which is like great. Really? Look forward to that book coming out every six months. Um, so, uh, what this says, the synopsis. It's an all-new, all-different Avengers assemble. Captain America begins his quest to create a sanctioned Avengers unit comprised of Avengers and X-Men, humans and mutants working together. Hmm. So, why is Professor Xavier's dream more at risk than ever? First attack at, of the most loathsome villain in history will make the Marvel Universe, will quake the Marvel Universe forever. Oh man, it's Hitler Duke. 
Um, then we have all new X Men, which is out in November. Um, Uncanny Avengers is out October third. All new X Men number one is out November seven, and it is classified. <gasps> Details no to be revealed later. So, in other words, Marvel wants to tease this later. So, we'll see more teasers. Marvel wants to spoil it in mainstream um, news outlets. <laughs> the other one that's, that's weird is A plus X. Mm-hmm. What's that? Avengers and X-Men. But that's that's what um, Uncanny Avengers is, is X-Men and Avengers together. Doesn't matter. Because someone asked me about this. Was, what A plus X? I, I thought, well, that's the Uncanny Avengers. Like, it's still listed as October 31st. No no information there. Um, new, inf- or new, new Avengers... Comes out January 2013. Jeez. Um, it's also classified. No information. <gasps> Avengers comes out December. Oh, so that means so Marvel released a teaser. It just is with Avengers. It says Assembles. It's Kelly Sue DeConnick hmm. is going to be assembling Avengers. So when I saw Assemble, I was thinking that's the Avengers Assemble series that's right. in a, the cinematic universe, I guess. Because yeah. it, is it canon or is it not? I don't think Thanos so. <laughs> but what we see here, so this is, says November. It's Deconic and Caselli. But okay, I am really stoked. Okay, I, Hulk, Hulk looks weird though. You see, you just named my number one because I love both those creative people. So I was thinking, it's like okay, this is probably gonna be the Marvel or the Avengers Assembled book, but they have Spider Woman in there. So mm-hmm. it's like unless they're, I don't know. I I haven't been keeping up with that. I. I want to read that. But. You know how Marvel loves to rebrand every few Oh, wait. Months. I got to back up. I didn't read. I'm on Marvel.com now. So, um, all new X-Men, which is classified November, is Brian Michael Bendis is writing because we know he's shifting to event to X-Men. Mm-hmm. And Stuart Immelman. Hmm. Oh, there is information here. Jeez. This, this site is all. Um, so, it says, in the wake of events of Avengers of X-Men, the mutant world is set to receive a big blast from the past in the form of the original X-Men. Oh, yeah. So, I remember when this was in Entertainment Weekly, they talked about this. How will the young, unsuspecting mutants from the past, including Jean Grey, react to the conflict and turmoil that engulfed the world of the future? Oh, please So, tell basically, me it's is... X-Men first class, the original X-Men, young ones, please somehow in the present. temporary. It's they're just um, gonna have to go back to the past, and that this isn't how they're bringing back Jean Grey. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's all new X Men number one. Because yeah, Entertainment Weekly showed an image of Jean Grey, like, right? Um, a plus X says, "Get ready for action-packed stories featuring." Oh my gosh, this is what it's about. And that's what I was kind of thinking. Featuring team ups from your favorite Marvel heroes every month. First, a story where Wolverine and Hulk come together, and then Captain America and Cable meet up. But will each partner's combined strength be enough? So it's kind of like avenging Spider-Man, but in a more general sense. And kind of like, sort of like versus. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, let's team up. Whatever. I can get behind that. I don't know. Is that a book we need? That's exactly. It's like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, we also don't need six bat books, but there they are. <laughs> yeah, so new Avengers, there's no information. Come back soon. Ten bat books. <laughs> and then Avengers, which is December... It says, it's a new day, a new beginning for Earth's Mightiest Heroes with a brand new team that's bigger and better than ever before. Bigger, and and they better. won't just be Earth's Mightiest Heroes either. <gasps> when the galaxy is in danger, the Avengers will answer the call. <gasps> this is... Um, Not like all those other times when the galaxy was in danger. I think maybe didn't. Black Bolt. I, I keep <gasps> skipping things. All right. Avengers in December is written by Jonathan Hickman. Black Bolt. With pencils by Jerome Opinia. Ooh. Okay. 
Um, New Avengers, which was no information classified January. Also, Jonathan Hickman with art by Steve Epting. Mm. That's going to be good. That's mm. going to be nice. Okay, and I think I hit all that. Okay, so that's all I Marvel. Ooh. Marvel S- Nelson. Spend a few minutes on that question. Jeez, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a Swedish... No. Sweetest Toaster? No, Sweetest Toaster was which Marvel Now books. Which I, I guess that was. Yeah, that was, that was this whole yeah. question. So lots lots to look forward to. Um, JN Speck on John Specia says, What is your guys' favorite single issue one shot? Mine's Batman 666. Pretty <gasps> awesome too. podcast that every week. That is a great one. That's I'm, my favorite. Yeah, I'm so, I would say I'm so stoked that they're going back favorite. to that universe in Batman Incorporated number five. Um. <sighs> Let me think. It's hard to say, like, abs- like, like single, absolute most favorite. I think maybe... Those are always tough I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely the one that sticks most in my mind. Like that I, yeah. I always think about it, and I'm like, what a great story that was. Yeah, I, I would actually agree on that logic, yeah. Because for one thing, it's also one of the only ones I can come up with off the top of my head. I mean, I still like the, the boy who collects Spider-Man, the issue, Spider-Man with the, the kid. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. Isn't that when Spider-Man's Tangled Web? Weren't those all kind of one-shots? No, that was an amazing Spider-Man. Oh, okay. It wasn't was even a full issue because the other part had Thunderball, which I didn't like that guy. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's also hard to say. It's like, you know, what about like the first comic you ever read? You know, is that, yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. like a favorite? Or, you know, something like like Secret Wars number eight. You know, it's first appearance of this, the symbiote costume. Or Amazing Spider-Man 2. 238 with the first Hobgoblin. The current run on Avenging Spider-Man is technically two issues, but it was a great two-issue run. Doesn't count. Oh. Not Damn it. Um, Paul Dro, what do you think will happen between Jason Todd and a Joker in Death of the Family? Some unpleasantness, if I had to guess. Because <laughs> as Scott Snyder pointed out, the Joker's never gone after any of them. So it's like when, when he, the whole Jason Todd, that was... Joker using Jason as a pawn to get at Batman. He didn't specifically target Jason Todd for that. Same thing with, with Batgirl. Mm-hmm. He was going after Commissioner Gordon, right. and then Batgirl just answered the door, so she was just you right. know like that. Casualty. So, so he's never like specifically target, and just and he's he's back. obviously pissed off, and he's you know it's going to be dark as Joker or Red Hood. <laughs> Joker. Okay. So and but then the thing is, uh, Jason. I, I'm I'm working on a Jason Todd story that I've been kind of writing bits and I, for actually for a while I've been um, I don't know if it was Paul Drow someone um, asked me a question about that so I started writing about it and I just I'm going to probably post it like maybe Tuesday I'll have to finish it so the thing is when you look at Jason Todd because you know, we've seen so many different versions of him you know when he first came back he was extremely angry and then you know he, he hated Batman because he, he let him die but then he also not, became Nightwing for a while. Not just because he let him die, but because he didn't kill the and Joker. Yeah, yeah, he let him die and didn't do anything to Joker. He let the Joker go, basically. Let him get away with it. But then um, Jason Todd was still a hero at heart. You know, he, he was still fighting the bad guys. He was being more extreme. You know, he became Nightwing for a while. He had a crazy story. briefly. So, and, but then in Battle for the Cowl, he was extreme. He's like, I'm going to be Batman. I'm shooting. I'm throw a battering at Tim Drake. And, and something like that. It's like, you can't kind of come back from that you know and that was kind of the point where they wanted to make it where jason todd crossed the line but then there's a whole batman robin story which judd winnick also wrote mm-hmm. and then he, he that was a weird thing and then now we're seeing in, in red hood and and the night at owl the stories like that where he's back in gotham and he's he's distant from them 
but he's like in in Batman and Robin when they're taking out the bad guys, he's like shooting at people's feet, and right. and he tells Damien, he's like, oh, I don't want to get your daddy mad. Yeah. So it's like he's he's able to tolerate. You know, he still has issues. So it's just like it's it's weird to see where he's at. So it's like. Red Hood, like when he first came, when he was so angry and everything, I could see him like totally be ready, ready to deal with the Joker, extreme, you know, as extreme as possible. But now it's like he's kind of he's back a little bit, and he and again he's falling back on his his training as a hero, as a Robin. So I don't know if he's gonna be ready for. He's he's back on on some people, but I I think if he sees the Joker again, a lot of that's gonna come crashing back, and it's gonna be like, okay, well now's my chance. I'm gonna do what Bruce never could. <laughs> So it's going to be interesting. Um, the Denmarkian, what storyline from the 90s would you most like to see remade in this age? Could you imagine something like Onslaught again? Oof. We kind of had that. No, that was Heroes Reborn Return. I didn't read that. Mm. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Maximum Carnage done, right? Well, they're doing Minimum Carnage. I know. I don't know what that's <laughs> about, though. As, as, uh, carnage gets shrunk down. From what I understand, gets injected into someone. They have to send in venom to uh, to put a stop to it. Crazy. Yeah. Cry, cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I recently read Maximum Carnage, and that book really does not hold up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, death. No, but that's death of Superman. Eighties. Death. Death in a family. <laughs> you want to see that without the Joker becoming the Iranian ambassador? That'd be nice. <laughs> I love when people talk about that book as like, oh, it was so dark at the time. It was like, no, no, it wasn't. It's super campy. It's yeah, Joker is the freaking ambassador to Iran. <laughs> oh, that was so insulting. <laughs> um, Kenny's hat to everyone, really. Kenny's Tony, hat, no answer. Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I would, I'd want to say like, like remade. I mean, I'm not really sure I understand because, like, you know, Clone Saga was sort of remade. Um, that's a, that's a story. Well, even they did uh, oh, the, the yeah, miniseries. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Which Completely was just weird because that. it was like Norman Osborn was a clone, or he came back, or and it was just I don't, I don't know. And that's how it was supposed to have ended. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think from the '90s what I'd want and remade. I don't. I don't know. Actually, like, wouldn't com- mind seeing the Death of Superman remade. <laughs> that that's the thing. It's like, so are we talking about like Death of Superman in New Fifty Two, like seeing that story over again, or something? Like a, a mini series, like like Clone Saga, or you know, just as an example, like I, take this and do it different as a one shot or mini series. I think that's more what the question is because you can't bring it back into regular Spider Man. Like, or we're just going to do this again. <coughs> I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to think more about that. Kenny's hat says, "Say I wanted to get into Madman. Where should I start?" Um, there's some omnibuses. Um, the, the Image comic series has has some trades. So you can get that. There's a Madman and Atomics trade. So, I mean, you just start there. Um, th- that's the most recent one. There is a Dark Horse um, series, too. So, you know, definitely look for those. Um, Samuel Burgess has another question. What do you think the future holds for Harper Row? Do you think she will discover that Bruce is Batman? Conceivably. Thoughts, sir? What, you know thoughts at all? No. I mean, what would you like to see? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> You've made your mind into a zen-like emptiness. Because uh, there's there's some speculation. Um. Like some people, when the preview came out, they're like, 
it's the Joker. It's a Joker's sister, Joker's daughter. <laughs> I mean, it's all this like crazy stuff. It's like, and it because then the other I thing, it, it's I'm kind of jokered out. Jokered out. He hasn't been around for a year. It doesn't matter, man. You're a Joker. I'm jokered out by just thinking about the Joker. <laughs> all right. So you're no longer looking forward to October. To I mean, anything, anything Scott Snyder does is magical, but you know. Joker to me is not the oh, most like threatening oh, Batman Joker. villain. Uh, just wait till October then. Huh. And oh, he really? Well, yeah, Scott's saying he's going to be like more fierce, and I mean, from from the interview when he's saying he's targeting specific members of the Bat family, that you know, that's why it's called Death of the Family. You know what? Maybe this is how they're they're going to kill Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane doesn't exist. Maybe, or may, maybe, maybe, or maybe, no, maybe. Batgirl is going to get so injured that Cassandra Kane needs to be reintroduced, or, or Stephanie Brown needs to be They'll reintroduced. They'll use Stephanie before they use Cass. I don't know. Um, I don't like Asians. <laughs> DC Comics. And yeah, send your I letters to there. Sarah Lima. <laughs> I'm not sure they're thrilled with Jon Stewart either, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> okay, let's see. Artistic need him. A whole other vaguely racist story. Says he got some t-shirts made and Escondido. Or his his comic character, uh, after wearing it w- once and then washing it, the shirt came out all discolored and ruined a shirt. No, oh, no. So you should complain to the printer saying you should have told me that this was going to happen. See, he tried to sell. He tried to tell the T-shirt mart where he bought the shirt and designed to put it on. It was some sort of defect in the merchandise. Oh wait, one out of six shirts I got came out of the wash discolored, and he told me it wasn't their problem; it was his fault. So he'll no longer what? go to T-shirt Martin Escondido. You heard it here. If you live in Escondido, watch out. He says, according to this guy, he's saying, "Fire beware." I yeah. bought a really nice jacket at Guess, and it's white, like white, 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 blinding. And the inside is like a black velvet, crushed velvet. It's black nice. Velvet, the little boy. Okay, Corey. Oh. So it's a really, it's a, ni- it's a nice coat. It said dry clean only. So I took it to the dry cleaners. And the black, like, rubbed into the white. white. So it bled. So the guy had to dry clean it, like, eight times. Still not the same. Did you take it to guess? I should. But I bought it last year, so I don't think it'll matter. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they would do if they would return it. But, I mean, if it's dry clean only, and you specifically did only dry clean it. Yeah. And... That, and that should be like a like I don't know what they would do, but if if they were good enough, they might say okay, if there's a problem with this, this you know, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give you a credit and you know you get something. something else. Yeah, but at this point, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, that's probably sucks. nothing. Sorry, man. That's cool, um, man. bro. No, bro. Um, yeah, bro. Have you guys seen that that Twitter account? No. Yeah. Landlord, bro. I love no, that Twitter no. account. About that, that last that week. Guy. Yeah. Um, let's see, I know stores might be different in San Francisco. Can you guys account and tell me where you can get tons of quality shirts? Nope, I can't. Um, I'm not sure what whiskey media used. Um, that was a Ryan Davis was behind all that. Um, yeah, because I, I did that with a, I don't know if it was, um, what's a Zazzle? Zazzle. There's, there's Zazzle and the Cafe Press. Press. I don't think I like Cafe Press so much because... You can only have, like, if you wanted a store, you can only have one design unless you paid to have 
like a store to have other designs. I'm pretty sure so, you used Zazzle. So yeah, and I did use Zazzle, which I'm sure that store still exists. I, yeah. I don't think I've done anything with it. Um, but it's kind of the same thing where, so I have some comic vine shirts that I had made and they're faded a little bit. It's not like completely faded, but so I, it's, it's I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. I mean, you just got to go, you're gonna have to pay more to, to get them done basically. And I know a lot of printers, they charge you based on how many colors the, the art has. So you're just going to have to look into that. And what kind of shirt you're using to print on. Yeah. There's also quality of shirt. And, like if you... Like if you uh, want American Apparel T-shirt to print on, it's going to be a lot more than like Hanes T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, Artist Needham also says, "Do you guys think Nolan Batman Universe should continue in a comic book form, sort of like Marvel's Ultimate Comics?" No, absolutely not. I don't think it's necessary. Leave it um, alone. I mean, it's just like the Smallville comic. I mean, it's okay, but it's just it feels weird. It's the same problem that you get often with Star Wars uh, comics and even the novels is that when you, when you remove it, yeah, exactly. When you Star remove Trek. it from a pre-existing thing, then all you're getting is people trying to sound like that thing. Mm. I don't know. I like the um, some Star Wars comics. There are some that are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's... Well, how did you guys feel about Buffy by Dark Horse? I mean, like that... the continuation of the Buffyverse in Dark Horse comics. I mean, it was it was good because Joss Whedon. I mean, he started out where he was real. He was writing. He was it, writing it, and then he was you know guiding it along. But there's definite situations that came up in the comics that there's no way could happen in the show because of budget. I mean, it's like you know they had an unlimited budget; they could do whatever they wanted. So some things just got really extreme. Like it's just like like crazy. It's it's been fine. Um, I'm behind. I'm still buying the Buffy comics, the season nine now that, that they're at, and the Angel. But did and you Faith. like it? I mean, it was it was it was good. I mean, it wasn't as good, but it, it was it was something, I guess, because it was still continuing. But I mean, you've got the creator on it, so there there isn't that yeah. one step removal. And then you know, like Brian K. Vaughn wrote wrote some, and I'm trying to think who else wrote some of the Buffy comics. So I mean, you you had quality stuff. Something like this, if they were to do this, I would see. I mean, they're not going to put like like Scott Snyder or, um, you know, they're not going to put like top Batman writers on this. I you know I hate to say it, or you can get some other people and say, hey, you want to do this? Just because the other Watch thing these is these three movies try to sound like that. <laughs> the people that you know love the movies, majority of them, they're not going to be buying comics or say, oh, I want no more. They're like, okay, the story's over, great. What's the next movie coming mm-hmm. out? So I don't know if, and you know for comic book readers we have plenty of batman comics and yeah. i don't i don't know what else he i mean you, you know we're all curious what's going to happen you know what's going to happen with john blake you know what's what's you know happen with batman if he is at the restaurant with selena so i don't know <laughs> but he says maybe dc could make nolan's batman into a comic and have story continue maybe have some flashback stories take place in eight years between dark knight and dark knight rises um because i i that's what i talked about is i think there has been stuff that happened that eight years Sure. Um, the ending of Dark Knight Rises was so cool. I just wanted to see where they go from there. Yeah. Um, I think it was cool because there was a certain amount of finality to it. So I, I don't think it necessarily needs to come back. Um, final question. Did you guys read Generation Lost Justice League? I didn't. No. I, I kind of stopped reading. That was... um. Um, I think well, that was Jed Winnick. It was it was after he was dealing with with Max Lord when he came back during Brightest Day. Yeah. Okay. No, so I didn't read that. Um, he says, and since New Fifty Two, maybe it doesn't apply. But in the New Fifty Two, did Max Lord succeed in making everyone 
on Earth, forget about him. Ted Corden, original jail life in so. the 80s. Well, I don't think Max Lord has been around, so we don't know if all that happened. Like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm behind on Blue Beetle, so I don't even know if Ted Cord's alive or not. I don't know if there's been I any I don't think mentioned. Ted Cord's I alive. <laughs> I mean, because they, they've mentioned Cord Industries, but it's like, did that whole thing happen? We, I don't know. Um, TDK88 says, awesome job in the podcast. Um, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Um... Can you recommend any great Batman animated movies aside from the obvious Batman Year One? As I watched this and enjoyed it, and I'm excited for Dark Knight Returns Part One. I wonder if any recommendations. Also, whilst I love and will always want Corey to be the voice of Batman, who else do you think does Bruce? Bat? I don't want to get into the voice. I feel like we've talked about that so much. Yeah. Um, as far as animated, um, I always say uh, the Batman Beyond story Return where Return of the Joker. Yeah, that was great. That was There's really. That. But get the uh, get the unrated version because it's it's different, it's different and better. <laughs> Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, is good. That's a really great Batman story. It holds up too. Yeah. Um. Um. The Mister Freeze one. Um, I liked it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It wasn't as good. But... I think you can actually get both of those on DVD, like a oh, like really? a like, like, like a, a double... like a double feature DVD. Cool. Like the the ice ice. Hmm. Sub Zero. That's what it says. There's mm. that uh, Batman cartoon that's like. Like different interpretations of Batman. Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Yeah, 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 Gotham yeah. Knights yeah, is cool. That that was really cool. That um, was by a lot of the same people who did the Animatrix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Public Enemies was 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 good. It was all right. It was decent. Under the Red Hood was it. real good. Yeah, I like that. One. I love Under the Red Hood. Yeah, and I loved Wonder Woman's movie. But Batman wasn't in it. We we're talking about Batman. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so those are good. There you um, go. Watch and be pleased. Uh, Cyberchop979 I know you guys are probably sick of this question but I was wondering how so did why it, are you asking? How did, the name, how did the name Comic Vine come about? Tony? Because um, Comical Resources was taken <laughs> da, 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 da. Um, I don't know actually I don't know if anyone's ever asked about this and what I, I think it was is I mean I didn't come up with the name this mm-hmm. was a, a Dave and Ethan thing mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think um, pretty much all of the comic domains, you know, a lot of them were taken. So it's just like, and then, you know, there was, it wasn't like I heard it through the comic vine. No, there, there was ideas of doing like other vines, like sites. Oh, okay. Like, um, like anime vine. Yeah. Which um, was close. Like, um, <laughs> you know, music vine, you know, so it's like, they would all be associated. Cause it was kind of like the idea of whiskey media where they all had the kind of like the same platform. Mm-hmm. So they would all be like related like that. But then it just, you know, what you can do, like video game vine. And I'm not sure the story would behind giant bomb, like where that came from, but it's just like, we're just like, eh, we're just do separate things. You know, we're not going to do vine, everything vine, toy vine. So, which, which you keep alive in spirit with your awesome toy picks. Well, I, um, I did have, Oh no, actually I, I did have, um, cartoon vine and tune vine. I, I registered those domains myself. To, to lock them in, I could see that being. Because I, I was like, let's let's do like a, a cartoon site, yeah. and it just never happened. Tune Vine, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, I was I like, like you know, Cartoon Vine or Tune Vine, T O O, and and I just let them go. Um, there's also um, talk of doing a a toy site, hmm. but that never happened. Um, I'm Fat Batman. 
Hmm. says, hey guys, so I was reading the Phoenix Saga one day and I noticed I couldn't get into it. I tried coming back a little while later and still was just bored with it. I know it's an important storyline, but it's just a no-go for me. I thought maybe it was just because it was an older story, but I have no problem reading older Spider-Man and Batman stuff. Sorry, are you telling me that a Chris Claremont story is a little weird? (laughs) I was wondering if you guys have ever had the problem when you find something you should read because it tells an important story and just can't get into it. Yeah, a lot of Chris Claremont stuff I feel like I can't get into either. So you're not alone. I know that's such a like horrible thing to say. The man but likes his t- likes his. The text. way that he writes is so different from the way comics are written today. He he writes a lot of like narration. It's very expository with his yeah. his dialogue. He's it's like reading a novel with pictures, which is fine. I like to read, but he I don't know. he really gets in into it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, I can't answer that question. Like, it's in this particular, because I, I love the stories, and I like going back and reading the Claremont and Burn stuff. So. No, I mean, like, is there a story where you felt like was was really important, but you weren't able to get into it? Mm. Death in the Family, we mentioned that one. I don't know. I don't, see, I don't have a problem with Death in the Family either, but I, I, I don't know. I... Joker in his robes and turban doesn't bother you? No, because, I mean, I, I focus more on the, the Jason Todd part. And... Sure. You know, trying to and find his mom and, and, <laughs> and breaking away from Batman, you know, all that. Um, we're getting, we're like over time. So I'm trying to get through this. Frost Child, how do you feel about the recent divorce of Storm and Black Panther? So I kind of wrote about just marriage in general. I can't, I can't general. really talk about that without going into it. So, so maybe we just hold off on that or yeah. find some other platform for sure. that, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I just, I, because I, I just, I barely touched on it. Just marriages can't ex- exists in comics is what they're trying to tell us uh, people can fly but I they just, can't be married i the only thing i'll say is i i'm in disbelief at the way that they uh they made it known so well the second question do you feel that storm was portrayed right or wrong in her acceptance of bp just annulling her marriage i i think with that it's just like it's not like in the middle of a fight or whatever she's gonna say hey let's talk about this now so maybe she's like let's talk about it we'll, we'll, i was gonna say they when, might reconcile yeah but, but she didn't even say that well, because she knew. I mean, you can't talk you, to him. You need to take it at, at face value, Tony. This particular scene, the way she's written, is not good. Um, do you feel that Black Panther is right for keeping knowledge of Namor coming to destroy Wakanda from Storm and then making her look like the bad guy? Oh, because he had that vision that it was going to be destroyed. I don't know about that. That's that's need more time to talk about that. Um, yeah, this whole question we need to come back to. D Bennett six six eight four has a question for James. So this is from a week ago. We didn't get to this, so I'll hold off on that. This is for James. Um, this is Vepi. Kind of similar question before. Do you find it hard to read old comics? So um, he was trying to read Death in the Family, Nightfall. On it. So these are almost the same thing. Um, Sarah, what's your favorite sleigh bells? Song. Oh man. Sleigh Belks song. What's my favorite Sleigh Bell song? Yeah. Uh, co- come back to that. Um, should I feel bad about going all digital for comics? Nope. Nah. You don't, you don't think so, Corey? Uh, single issues are not our primary uh, okay. <laughs> uh, income. Um, okay, let's see. But no, I mean, you shouldn't feel bad for embracing a new technology regardless. And then Bat Nandas said to Speppy, Sleigh Bells is terrible. 
That's not nice. What? <laughs> um, this one's for James. Oh, I like kids, straight A's, treats, and tell them. Okay. All equally. But they are terrible live. <laughs> FYI. Ouch. Super G Money says, Dear Comic Vine, I want to start by thanking you for making my Friday so awesome. Tony, Thanks. your knowledge of all things geek is unparalleled. Thank you. Sarah, you bring unique perspectives to many issues that I may normally not consider. Shazam. Like, people didn't like your dating advice. Your comic book <laughs> I advice. know. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be cute, but, you know, whatever. Corey, your witty one-liners keep me rolling on the floor. Ooh. Finally, James, if you're visiting, I just want to let you know that Earth 2 has consistently given me nerdgasms for the last four months. <laughs> Sure, he'll be thrilled to hear that. Enough jibber jabber. A question for Corey because of his expert knowledge in running a comic store, Two Cats yes. Comic Shop, three twenty West Portal Avenue. That's right. After hearing my debacle, well, I thank you for the plug. After hearing my debacle, you may feel sympathy for me and may want to have me tarred and feathered if you're into, <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. Hey, now I have recently been Ooh. dealing with soul tearing debate that many comic fans have been wrestling with: digital versus print. I yeah. realize there are far too many pros and cons. Um, I've tried whittling them down. I ended up with writing. I ended up writing a two thousand page novel entitled "What Have I Done with My Life?" My issues deal with the comic store in today's digital world. Okay. These shops are safe havens for geeks my, like myself. It's just not a place to pick up your comics, but a chance to socialize and and interact with your fellow brethren. Let's face it: for some, this may be the only social inter- interaction we get throughout the week. And says, yes, I'm talking to you, smelly ponytail guy in Avengers shirt stained with ketchup mustard and tears. I love you, but please take a shower. Thank you. My personal <laughs> tale begins. This is, oh my gosh, it's like a 2,000 words post here. My personal tale begins 28, it was 2000 words. 28 years ago when my mother and, and father, wait, that's too much information. It begins five years ago when I first began entering my local comic shop, bookshop, and suddenly fell in love with... And began visiting store weekly or biweekly. His staff was friendly, courteous. They always had my pull-ups ready. He started late, huh? Yeah. So did I. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, after about four years, tragedy struck. I met a beautiful woman, proposed, and bought a house 45 minutes away from my favorite shop. Ha- How tragic. And he <laughs> never went back. For all my nerds and arms listening, yes, it's true. We can meet women. Just hold the faith. I mean, obviously, I've been married for a long time. Um, on top of being sucked away by a beautiful temptress, I also lost my job as an elementary librarian due to budget cuts. Oh, that's Sorry. A, 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 now appara- that's tragic. Apparently, we don't need books in schools anymore. I explained my situation to the workers at the shop, and they were very understanding. I let them know that I would still be making a trip once a month, but I had to cut about half of my books. They were very hospitable. But then the plots thickened. I'm just looking at time. <laughs> After uh, about a month later... I made the long trek to the comic shop when I arrived at the counter to buy what I expected to be a small handful. I was shocked to see all of my originals, all of my original lists still there. Whoops. I informed them that they made a mistake and about half of those comics were to be cut. They looked at the list and realized I was right. However, they still told me it was customary for a guest to empty his entire box before cutting his list. What? At this mm-hmm. point, I began to get angry. I had already emptied my box. I had already let them know my, of my cuts. In the end, I told them I just couldn't afford it, but still bought 80% of the pile. Let's face putting comics in front of you is like sprinkling cocaine on a recovering crackhead. We're going to cave to make sure everything was okay. I double checked my phone number in case problems, important plot point and sent me on my somewhat merry way for several months. Things seemed normal. Once every 30 days we returned to shop like salmon instinctively returning to the spawning grounds. 
My fiance, the temptress, saw my many travels and for Christmas bought me a Kindle Fire, thinking oh. that if I bought digitally, I wouldn't have to make as many unnecessary trips. Damn her and her loving, caring heart. <laughs> I began to buy a few new titles digitally, and I won't lie, I like the convenience, but I couldn't turn my back on a shop or to feel holding a freshly printed comic in your hands. By hell or high water, I decided to be faithful to my shop, kind of. My life quickly picked up, and before I knew it, I was two issues behind in my comics, two whole months. The first free weekend, I had... I rushed to my shop. When I went to the counter, my box, the cashier informed me my pull list had been closed. All my comics had been put back on the shelf. This was the last straw. Filled with rage, I desperately paced through the comic shops in hopes of finding my missing books, most of which were now sold out, including Batman issue 10 and 11 and Earth 2 issue 3. I was so mad I decided that if this Saudi were going to treat me, then I'd go completely digital. When I finally cooled down and approached the counter with my sad stack... I asked why they had closed my box. Cashier, being a kind-hearted man, informed me that every time a comic isn't picked up, they might take a major hit. I understood, but asked why I'd never received a phone call to let me know. He had no answer. Indiana made a compromise. I now only buy my DC comics at the shop, but any Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Independent would be bought online. Please let me know if this is fair compromise or if I'm being a complete jerk. Was I wrong for getting upset? Are digital comics the future? Why does Sarah hate Nightwing so much? My fiancé beat me for calling her... Or will my fiancé beat me for calling her a temptress? <laughs> your your fiancé will not beat you for calling her a temptress. I don't hate Nightwing. I just hate what he did to Barbara Gordon. And uh, I don't think... I think you're being reasonable because yeah. those guys sound like they can't run a comic shop. Yeah. No, that sounds really... I, <laughs> I, I mean, and if you... I mean, you should be buying books because you want to like physically hold them in your hand. But um, as much as I like the reading experience of, like, holding it, if I had an iPad, I wouldn't mind that reading experience either. I'm at the point where I like them equally. Different books, like, I like to hold. But, you know. Sure. I I would say that in order to – like, the reason that I'm not – that I personally don't feel terribly threatened by digital comics is because a digital comic can't have a conversation with you. It can't joke. It can't – you know, have a discussion. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like comic stores need to be about more than just walking in, buying your books and leaving. And yeah, no, the, the story that you're relating sounds awful. Like we, we've had to close a couple of boxes, but we always send at least one email, uh, to whatever the person provided us. We always give ample opportunity and notice before we, we do something like that. We also tend to wait an entire month before we even send the email. Not, not just see one book and then go up. Well, all right. Time to close this box. Uh, so, yeah, no, you sound entirely justified. <laughs> no tarring and feathering for you. Yeah, so, I mean, and it seems weird about the whole, um, they, they give him his whole, his big pull list. And they're like, oh, you need to buy this. But then they put his other stuff back on the shelf. Right, yeah, that, that too. <laughs> so, I don't know. All right. Um, oh, and yeah, if you emptied your box before cutting your list, then you're completely in the right. Like, that's. 100% how you should do that and that's entirely their fault for not keeping track of it better um D D'Angelico says after watching Olympics this week I couldn't help but think an incredible power some of these athletes have to push themselves um who on earth do you think possess enough power to actually become a green lantern hmm. I would say Aaron <laughs> Rel- Ralston I don't know the subject of film 127 hours Simply because I can't imagine the willpower it would take to cut off your own arm. And then oh, you could yeah. have a green arm. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah, I would have to read up on some news stories. Um, yeah, we're 
We are out of time. Um, um, Big as a two one five one. Just wondering, have you guys ever considered having Joey Esposito f- from IGN Assemble as a special guest? If you didn't live uh, in Los Angeles, we, why we've not? we've talked about having crossovers before, but mm. obviously a physical one. You know, we talked about like that just never happened. Um, but yeah, maybe we could do that. Um, we had Ron Richards from iFanboy on before, so I remember that. But he was actually in the office, so that that made it it's easier. Better when they're here. Yeah, yeah, but we could. I mean, I'm not a fan of skyping, but obviously we make exceptions. So, um, and he says, I feel their podcast is the only comic book podcast on par with yours, and perhaps Tony can make things interesting by addressing Sarah's alleged crush on him. Wink, wink. <gasps> Which that was so because you you said one time that. He's like, oh, I love you, Joey, or something like that. I mean, it wasn't like a crush. It was just like, like, oh, you're a really nice guy, and I think you're yeah, cool. Yeah, no. And and he's someone nice. like took it to you know that you have a crush on him. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a crush on Joey. Sorry, Joey. <laughs> Sorry, or, man. Or, or, Damn, Joey. You're welcome, Joey. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, oh, you are so funny. Attack! Attack! Sh- attack at a human. Hey, Jimmy, man, what are your thoughts on King City? Oh. King City. I think he said, "Hey, Jimmy," didn't he? So I think that's the James. Hey, G Man. Oh, G Man. Oh. What's your thoughts on King City? Where's King City? What am I? Am I? Like, you should know. Yeah. Why don't you know? Um, what are your thoughts on it? That's what right. are you hiding? I, I'm more interested in Queen City. Hey, hey. Or Princess. I've heard that about you. Um, All right then. Um, also, what do you think of Grant Morrison's run on New X Men, where he revealed Zorn to be Magneto, even though Zorn showed mutant powers by? Yeah, that I thought didn't make any sense. I thought it made complete sense. I, uh, I thought it made no sense. Zorn never heals anyone uh, besides Professor X, which he used nanites for. He always gets to them just too late to heal them. He never telekinesizes anything that isn't metal. He, it, it's actually... Com- and he, then he kills all those people, even though he's supposed to be a pacifist. Like, it's actually pretty well foreshadowed. But it wasn't, he saying. wasn't Magneto. It was Zorn's brother. Well, that is insane. And that, <laughs> that retcon is one of the worst things that Marvel has ever done. I just, I didn't like um, Grant Morrison outing the X-Men, making them public. Mm. I thought that was a mistake. Um, let's see. All right, we're out of time. All right, just save right. the rest of the questions. There, there's there like, like three more. I mean, it's we not can, much. Yeah. But, save them, yeah. But, yeah. We save them for it. next week. I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question. I don't want to get kicked just, out again. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. I'd rather save them than half-ass them. Um, all right. Thanks, guys, for listening. And we've got some cool stuff coming next week. I just don't know what it is. Um, the only thing I know is uh, the part two of Labdell. That's right. Uh, part um, one of Labdell is up on the site right now. Yeah, so put that up on Monday. And watch the news video, please. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's it. All right. Have a nice weekend, and uh, Corey. Yeah. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That means, Corey, you're not coming back ever. Oh, crap. (laughs) This is how you tell me? Yeah. Bye, Corey.